chapter twenty three of our friend the charlatan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org our friend the charlatan by george gissing chapter twenty three at the door of the breakfast-room miss bride was approached by lady ogram's maid who in an undertone informed her that dr baldwin had been sent for lady ogram had passed a very bad night but did not wish it to be made known to her guests whom she hoped to meet at luncheon of the possibility of this the maid declared herself very doubtful she did not think the doctor would allow her mistress to get up let me know when the doctor is leaving said constance i should like to see him sir william and his wife breakfasted with the two young ladies lord dymchurch did not appear when the others had left the room constance asked a servant if his lordship was down yet and learnt that he had this morning gone away leaving a note for lady ogram at the same moment word was brought to miss bride that dr baldwin waited in the library constance replied that she would see him then turning to the other attendant she asked whether lord dymchurch's note had been delivered to lady ogram it lay she learnt with the rest of the morning's letters which the maid had not yet taken up thereupon constance sought and found it and carried it with her as she entered the library how do you find your patient doctor she inquired in her usual tone quite unfit to get up to-day though i fear she is determined to do so replied dr baldwin wonderful the influence of her mind upon her physical state i found her alarmingly weak but as usual she insisted on hearing the news of the town and something i was able to tell her acted with more restorative force than any drug in the pharmacopoeia what was that mr robb's will i hear on good authority that he leaves not a penny to our hospital lady ogram was delighted it makes the field clear for her she declares that she will buy the site on burgess hill immediately the will is dated fifteen years ago they say no doubt he meant to make another that i am sure was a cordial exclaimed constance impossible for mr robb to have done lady ogram a greater kindness after a few more inquiries concerning the patient she let the doctor take his leave then she stood looking at the outside of lord dymchurch's letter and wondering what might be its contents beyond a doubt they were of an explosive nature whatever his excuse lord dymchurch's abrupt departure would enrage lady ogram had he been refused by may or had something come to pass which made it impossible for him to offer marriage something connected with lashmar's early visit this morning that he had intended a proposal constance could not doubt meanwhile she felt glad of the outbreak in prospect her mood desired tumultuous circumstances what part she herself would play in to-day's drama she had not yet decided that must largely depend upon events her future was involved in the conflict of passions and designs which would soon be at its height how much it would have helped her could she have read through the envelope now in her hand there came a knock to the door lady ogram wished to speak with miss bride 
it was the rarest thing for the secretary to be summoned to her ladyship's bedroom in the antechamber the maid encountered her my lady means to get up whispered this discreet attendant she thinks herself very much better but i am sure she is very ill indeed i know the signs the doctor forbade her to move but i durstn't oppose her does she know that lord dymchurch is gone asked constance no miss i thought it better to say nothing just yet everything excites her so you are very wise keep silence about it until lady ogram leaves her room my lady has just asked for her letters miss bring up those that have come by post i will deliver the other myself constance entered the bedroom with cheeks already touched into ghastly semblance of warm life with her surprising hair provisionally rolled into a diadem the old autocrat lay against upright pillows at sight of constance she raised her skeleton hand and uttered a croak of triumph do you know the news followed in scarce articulate utterance rob's will nothing to the hospital not a penny for town charities constance affected equal rejoicing for she knew how the singular old philanthropist had loathed the thought that hollingford's new hospital might bear rob's name instead of her own but i beg you not to excite yourself she added try to think quietly mind your own business broke in the thick voice whilst the dark eyes flashed with exultation i want to know about lord dymchurch what are the plans for this morning i don't think they are settled yet it's still early how is may quite well i think i shall be down at midday if not before tell lord dymchurch that the morning's correspondence was brought in lady ogram glanced over her letters and bade constance reply to two or three of them she gave also many instructions as to matters which had been occupying her lately her mind was abnormally active and lucid at times her speech became so rapid that it was unintelligible now go and get to work she said at length coming to an abrupt close you have enough to occupy you all the morning constance had paid little attention to these commands and on returning to the library she made no haste to begin upon her secretarial duties for more than an hour she sat brooding only as a relief to her thoughts did she at length begin to write letters it was shortly before midday when again there came a summons from lady ogram obeying it constance took lord dymchurch's letter in her hand lady ogram had risen she was in the little drawing-room upstairs reclining upon a sofa the effort of walking thus far had exhausted her i hear that mr lashmar has called this morning she began half raising herself but at once sinking back again what did he come about can't he come to lunch yes he will be here at one o'clock constance replied then why did he come it was before nine what had he to say he wanted to speak to me in private oh i suppose that's privileged returned the autocrat smiling what have you got there something just come it's a note for you from lord dymchurch from lord dymchurch give it me at once then where is he why couldn't he wait till i came down she tore the envelope with weak trembling hands constance watched her as she read of a sudden the shrunk feeble figure sprang upright and stood as though supported by the vigorous muscles of youth do you know what this contains sounded a clear hard voice strangely unlike that which had just been speaking i have no idea 
but you knew that he had left yes i knew i kept it from you till now because i feared you were not well enough to bear the agitation and who cried the other fiercely gave you authority to detain letters addressed to me what have you to do with my health when did lord dymchurch leave whilst we were at breakfast constance answered with a great effort at self-command he saw nobody then you lied to me when you came up before i think lady ogram said constance standing rigid and with white face you might give me credit for good intentions it was nothing to me whether you heard this news then or later but i knew that you had passed a sleepless night and that the doctor had been sent for you knew you knew cried the listener with savage scorn did you know why lord dymchurch had gone i took it for granted that it had something to do with miss tomalin answer me in plain words without a lie and without shiftiness do you know that lord dymchurch has proposed to may and been refused i did not know it you suspected as much i thought it possible but the business was none of mine and i gave very little heed to it lady ogram had begun to totter she let herself sink upon the sofa and re-read the letter that shook in her hand he says he has a sister ill did you hear anything of that nothing at all the autocrat stared for a moment as though trying to read constance's thoughts then she waved her hand go back to your work stay in the library till you hear from me again constance quivered with the impulse to make indignant reply but prudence prevailed she bent her head to conceal wrathful features and in silence went from the room five minutes later may tomlin entered by the awful door she knew what was before her and had braced her nerves but at the first sight of lady ogram a sinking heart drew all the blood from her cheeks encountering the bloodshot glare from those fleshless eye-caverns she began to babble a good-morning aunt but the words failed and her frightened simper meant for a smile passed into mere blankness of visage come here may is it true that you have refused lord dymchurch the voice was less terrifying than her aunt's countenance had led her to expect she was able to recover her wits sufficiently to make the reply she had spent all the morning in preparing refused him i didn't mean that he must have misunderstood me what did you mean then i hardly knew what lord dymchurch meant answered may trying to look playfully modest let us have no nonsense sounded in stern accents lord dymchurch writes me a letter saying distinctly that he has proposed to you and that you have refused him and then he goes off without a word to any one did you know he was leaving this morning certainly not answered the girl with a bold plunge into mendacity i expected to see him at breakfast then i was told he was gone i don't understand it at all from the moment of entering the room she had put away all thoughts of truthfulness this plainly was no time for it as soon as possible she would let dyce lashmar know that they must feign and temporize the policy of courage looked all very well from a distance but was quite another thing in the presence of the mistress of rivenoak enraged lashmar must caution constance who seemingly much to may's surprise had submitted to his dictation at this juncture for a time nothing could be done beyond cloaking what had really happened and soothing lady ogram's wrath with apparent submission when did you see him last pursued the questioner this morning before breakfast for a few minutes in the garden better to be veracious so far thought may she might otherwise fall into self-contradiction 
was it an appointment no by chance i never thought of meeting him and what did he say to you tell me his words i couldn't possibly recall them said may who had seated herself and was becoming all but calm lord dymchurch has a very vague way of talking he rambles from one subject to another but didn't he say anything at all about marriage cried lady ogram in exasperation he spoke of his position and his prospects perhaps he hoped i should understand but it was all so vague why then the man is a scoundrel he never proposed to you at all and he runs away leaving a lying letter behind him yet i should never have thought that of lord dymchurch she fixed her eyes on may and added fiercely are you telling me the truth the girl bridled staring straight before her with indignant evasiveness of look my dear aunt how can you ask me such a question of course i may have misunderstood lord dymchurch but if it hadn't been for what you have once or twice said to me i really shouldn't ever have supposed that he meant anything he talks in such a rambling way she grew voluble lady ogram listened a while then cut her short very well there's been some queer sort of mistake that's plain i should like to know what lord dymchurch means why couldn't he see me like an honest man it's very extraordinary this running away before breakfast saying good-bye to nobody she mused stormily her eye ever and again turning upon the girl look here may do you think constance knows anything about it i really can't say i don't see how it was she that brought me this letter do you think he spoke to her about me exclaimed may uneasily oh i don't think so i never noticed that they were friendly ring the bell constance bride was sent for some moments passed lady ogram stamped impatiently she ordered may to ring again and demanded why miss brown kept her waiting considerably more than five minutes had elapsed before the figure of the secretary appeared her face wore an expression of proud indifference and at the sight of may's subdued timid air she smiled coldly why have you been so long cried lady ogram i came as soon as i could was the clear reply now listen to me constance broke vehemently from the bloodless lips i'll have no nonsense you understand that i'll not be played with deceive me or treat me in any way unbecomingly and you shall remember it the longest day you live i want to know whether lord dymchurch said anything to you to explain his sudden departure to me certainly not now mind i'll get at the truth of this you know me may says that lord dymchurch never proposed to her at all what do you make of that constance glanced at miss tomlin whose eyes fell again she smiled it's very strange she answered with a certain air of sympathy that's really all i can say it's impossible to have any opinion about such a personal matter which doesn't in the least concern me please remember aunt put in may that i only said i didn't understand lord dymchurch in that sense are you a fool girl screeched the autocraft violently i never thought you so and if he had said anything that was meant for an offer of marriage you would have understood it quickly enough either you're telling me the truth or you're lying either he proposed to you or he didn't may caught the look of constance turned upon her it suggested amusement and this touched her feelings far more deeply than the old lady's strong language i'm obliged to remind you aunt she said her cheek flushing that i have no experience of of this kind of thing if i made a mistake i think it's excusable i see that miss bride thinks it funny but she has the advantage of me in age and in in several other ways even while speaking may knew that she committed an imprudence she remembered all that depended upon constance's disposition towards her and indeed she could not have spoken more unwisely 
in the inflamed state of constance's pride a feminine slap such as this sent such a tingling along her nerves that she quivered visibly it flashed into her mind that dyce lashmar had all but certainly talked of her to may with significant look and tone whatever his words how much had he told her lady ogram's voice was again heard well that's true you're only a child and perhaps you said something which sounded as you didn't mean it constance was gazing at the speaker her lips moved as if in a nervously ineffectual effort to say something miss bride can go back to her work again said lady ogram as if dismissing a servant may smiled openly and disdainfully she could not resist the pleasure of showing her superiority the smile had not died away when constance spoke i will ask your permission to stay for a few minutes longer lady ogram as miss tomlin has so satisfactorily explained her part in this unfortunate affair i think i had better use this opportunity for making known to you something which concerns her and which i am sure will interest you very much it won't take me long if you feel able to listen what is it asked the autocrat sharply you are aware that mr lashmar called very early this morning he came as i said on private business he had something of importance to tell me and he asked my help in a great difficulty something about the election it had nothing whatever to do with that i'll put it in the fewest possible words not to waste your time in my own mr lashmar began by saying that if i didn't mind he would be glad to be released from his engagement to me what pray don't let there be any misunderstanding this time said constance whose grave irony was perhaps somewhat too fine for the intelligence of either of her hearers mr lashmar behaved like a man of honour and i quite approve of the way in which he expressed himself his words would have been perfectly intelligible even to miss tomalin admitting his right to withdraw from the engagement if he had conscientious objections to it i ventured to ask mr lashmar whether there was any particular reason for his wish to be released he paid me the compliment of perfect frankness his reason was that he wished to marry someone else and who is that came hoarsely from lady ogram miss tomalin may had lost her natural colour she could not take her eyes from the speaker her lips were parted her forehead was wrinkled into a strange expression of frightened animosity until the utterance of her name she had hoped against hope that constance did not intend the worst for the first time in her life she felt herself struck without pity and the mere fact of such stern enmity affected her with no less surprise than dread she would have continued staring at constance had not an alarming sound a sort of moaning snarl such as might proceed from some suddenly wounded beast caused her to turn towards her aunt the inarticulate sound was followed by words painfully forced out go on what else go on i tell you the speaker's breath came with difficulty she was bent forward her eyes starting her scraggy throat working as if in anguish constance had stepped nearer to her are you ill lady ogram shall i call for help go on go on i tell you was the hoarse reply i hadn't thought of that i see now what next did he say mr lashmar pursued constance in a voice somewhat less under control did me the honour to say that he felt sure i had only his interests and his happiness at heart he knew that there might be considerable difficulties in his way even after it had been made known that he was free to turn his attention to miss tomalin and he was so good as to request my assistance it had occurred to him that i might be able to present his case in a favourable light to you lady ogram naturally i was anxious to do my best perhaps this is hardly the moment to pursue the subject enough for the present to have made known mr lashmar's state of mind 
lady ogram seemed to have overcome her physical anguish she sat upright once more and looking at may asked in a voice only just above a whisper what have you to say to this what can i say exclaimed the girl with high-voiced vehemence i know nothing about it of course it's easy enough to believe that mr lashmar wants to get out of his engagement to miss bride she laughed scornfully he she stopped checking in her throat words which she suddenly remembered would be fatal to the attitude she had assumed go on cried lady ogram he what i was only going to say that mr lashmar might easily have thought that he had made a mistake well that's my opinion if it isn't pleasant to miss bride i can't help it i tell the truth that's all and that i will have said her aunt with new self-command the very last word of it mind you constance why are you standing all this time sit down here on this chair now i want you to repeat what you have told me first of all at what o'clock did this happen at about half-past eight this morning had it been possible constance would have rolled oblivion over all she had spoken already she found her vengeance a poor savourless thing she felt that it belittled her the fire of her wrath burnt low and seemed like to smoulder out under self-contempt she spoke in a dull mechanical voice and gazed at vacancy may lady ogram resumed when did you get up this morning at about oh about half-past seven i think did you go out before breakfast i have told you that i did aunt i saw lord dinchurch in the garden i remember said her aunt with a lowering suspicious look and you saw mr lashmore as he was coming to the house no i didn't see him at all how was that if you were in the garden may glibly explained that her encounter with lord dymchurch took place not before but behind the house she had a spot of red on each cheek her ears were scarlet she sat with clenched hands and stared at the lower part of her aunt's face constance pursued the questioner whose eyes had become small and keen as her utterance grew more sober tell it me all over again it's worth hearing twice he began the other obeyed reciting her story in a curt lifeless way so that it sounded less significant than before and you promised to help him asked lady ogram who repeatedly glanced at may no i didn't i lost my temper and said i don't know what foolish things this was self-punishment but it too sounded idle in her ears as soon as she had spoken but you consented to release him of course now look at me have you told me all he said all look at me if i find that you are keeping any secret i shall know everything you understand that i won't sleep till i know everything that has been going on deceive me if you dare i am not deceiving you answered constance wearily you have heard all i know now then for what you suspect said lady ogram leaning towards her turn your mind inside out tell me what you think that is soon done i suspect indeed i believe that mr lashmar's behaviour is that of a man with an over-excited mind he thinks everything is within his reach and everything permitted to him i believe he spoke to me quite honestly thinking i might somehow plead his cause with you that isn't what i want do you suspect that he had any hopes to go upon i care so little about it answered constance that i can't form any conjecture all i can say is that such a man would be quite capable of great illusions of believing anything that flattered his vanity lady ogram was dissatisfied she kept a brief silence with her eyes on may's countenance ring the bell were her next words constance rose and obeyed a servant entered when mr lashmar arrives said lady ogram you will bring him at once to me here mr lashmar has just arrived my lady End of chapter 23